We are live. And it's Tuesday. How you doing, man? How you doing? Still walking above the ground? Yeah, we try, don't we? Tuesdays, we talk about music stuff. I mean, we look at uh, some lyrics out there, and uh, we read through the lyrics, and we talk about the song, we talk about the music therein, and uh, we do so through, of course, a Christian worldview. Uh, but uh, we understand also the source and secular nature uh, in which uh, many of the songs we grew up to listen to or that we um, found pleasure from, uh, you know, what they purposed. What were they talking about and why? It's been interesting, I think, anyways. And uh, today, uh, for the first time in our Tuesdays, analyzing the lyric series, uh, we're bringing in a hip-hop song from the 90s. Ah, the golden era of hip-hop, the 90s, man. I love 90s hip-hop. It was just, it was it, man. That was just struck the right chord in me. Uh, some of you might know this or some of you might not know this, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big hip-hop head, okay? Um, I go back way back to the mid-80s with it, back in the Boogie Down production days and the Boogie Bronx and all the uh, Run DMC era stuff and, uh, you know, iced tea. No, not the kind you drink. Uh, so I am, per, uh, I consider myself a hip-hop historian to a certain degree, you know. No PhD or anything, but uh, I know groups like Leaders of the New School, if you're wondering where Buster Rhyme got his first beginning, it's stuff like that. You know, I've been with it for a long time. My first business was being a DJ. I was too young to even be in the locations they had me going to, you know, parties and clubs and whatnot at a very young age, producing music. And I pretty much, you know, hold uh, a strong influence in bringing hip hop to our shores in my community, in my location. And back then you had to import them because distribution companies and things was not yet where it at, where it is today. You know, now we take all that for granted. But Back then, uh, I had to import the music, the hip-hop, and of course, the first time I heard anything like that was from a cousin who had come from stateside, he had visited the States and purchased a cassette, and uh, he's like, dudes, you need to listen to this, and once we heard that, we're like, we need this in our lives. <laughs> we were young and rebellious, it made sense to me, but I saw the culture of it, and I saw the... I didn't see it in a... I didn't see it the same way that many did. I saw it for a, a pure kind of talent here, something that the art world needs in its musical business. You know, it needs this 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 thing. Uh, the business side, of course, got corrupted the whole thing. But there was a time when, uh, you know, you could rhyme. And um, I found it fascinating how they could put words together and express their... Uh, their lifestyle and the things they've gone through, the things they, they experience. And, and there are many elements to it that we, as kids, where we were at on the East Coast here, were like, yeah, that makes sense to us over here, you know, in certain ways. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I gravitated around that immediately and became a um, someone who would just seek it out how much, as many as I could get, you know, my hands on. So I had to go and make friends with our local record shop and I'm like how can I get my hands on this kind of music and he's like dude we'll have to import it and some of this stuff you know it's banned <laughs> you can't get this stuff over here and I'm like I'll pay for it man I'll work real hard mow some lawns you know shovel some snow 
and uh, do what I got to do. And sure enough, they, they, they were bringing him in for me. And uh, I, you could pay back then, imagine, like 40 bucks. You know, I'd have to work for a month to get some of these cassettes imported from America. Um, NWA, you know, Boogie Down Productions, uh, Ice-T, Ice Cube, uh, you name it. I could go on and on. Even, even those who came and went, you know, in, in, in that industry. But uh, it was interesting. So, I mean, with all that said, obviously, today we're, we're, we plucked one out that, of course, uh, made a hit. And that's from uh, the notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls. I mean, you see me wear the shirt for years, might as well use one of his songs and, you know, talk about the lyrics therein and what was going on. The song is Juicy. I think it was his first release as far as on a label with Bad Boy over there with Puffy, Puff, Puff, Mick. Puffy Combs, and um, yeah, I just figured we'd do that. Obviously, I'm not going to read any foul language or speak about the foul language, because if you're in the hip-hop industry or that you do listen to hip-hop, you are well aware that they are foul, and they speak a lot of cussing words and cuss words and stuff like that, and I don't entertain that uh, publicly to uh, or, or read those words publicly or anything like that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but there is a thought and there is an idea uh, behind uh, the rhyme, if you will. And that's what we want to look at. And that's what we want to discuss. We want to analyze those lyrics. There is great talent in the hip-hop world. Uh, I, of course, have left the hip-hop world and all its uh, its gems back in the 90s um, and maybe early 2000s. But now what is being promoted and what is like... The mainstream hip-hop world is, to me, my opinion, straight garbage. It's just pure garbage. It's it's such trash. I can't listen to it. And maybe it's because I, I, I you know, I'm from the 80s and 90s hip-hop world where you actually had to have talent and there was pride in what you did, you know, and there was, um, I don't know, it was a different world. But uh, now it's just... <laughs> Now it's the filthiest thing. The more depraved and useless and without talent you can be, the better it seems to, to move you up the billboards. Uh, and I just don't. I, I, I do not promote that. I don't listen to that. I want nothing to do with it. Do I still listen to hip-hop? Well, of course I do. I still go back to the 80s and 90s hip-hop. And I'll tell you, there is a, uh, a strong, true, pure hip-hop uh, uh, movement in, in the underground. There always has been. If you go to the streets, you'll find it. Uh, where you'll still find these cats, man, who can rhyme. They can rhyme, and dude, they're good at it. And they don't glorify uh, uh, things that uh, the, the mainstream does or anything like that. It's just, it's pure rhyme. It's just they're good at what they, they, they can, with word, with the poetic way they put the words together in a very rhyme-filled or uh, uh, um, pattern, uh, they can express their upbringing, their community, their experiences in life, and the violence that at most times are found in these locations, you know, and they do so uh, with style. And uh, I appreciate them still for the rhyme. I do not, of course, encourage uh, any uh, of the things they might express that you and I as Christians know we ha have no part of. Um, but when you, you, you get rid of those worldly elements, if you will, and you just look at the expression of what they're trying to uh, share our way, you can see the talent into it, you know. 
And um, don't be so quick to judge. You'll find yourself with country music, rock and roll music. You'll find any kind of genre of music that'll have foul messages or filthy messages or immoral messages or uh, cussing words. So, you know, don't be too quick to judge there. Um, the the hip-hop industry certainly has produced some music that should not have been produced, in my opinion. But it has produced some, some strong talent. And um, I think Juicy from the Notorious B.I.G. And I've been with uh, Biggie Smalls since, I mean, prior to Bad Boy. Um, again, I can talk hip-hop with you, all right? I know a little bit. Um, Biggie Smalls was on... He had one of his cuts on a soundtrack. And um, on that soundtrack, I think House of Pain was also on that one. I'd have to go digging back into the files of my memory. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I heard of uh, Biggie Smalls prior to his debut with Bad Boy. And uh, when I heard that, that, that track, I was like, this dude's got, you know, this, this dude is a wizard of rhyme. I mean, he's going to make it big. I have a talent for that. I call him and a few months later, a few years later, they blew up. They made it. I did. <laughs> I've been doing that for a long time. I've been in, in this for a long time, guys. I, I just, I know the industry. I know the talent. I know what works and what doesn't. Um, I used to, to write rhyme. I used to produce. I used to uh, perform. Um, uh, and uh, so I get it. Uh, please, if you're new to the channel, here's a bit of housekeeping stuff. Consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing, share a comment, share the link far and wide. Maybe there's others who find this kind of content uh, um, uh, beneficial to their life. Maybe they find a, a mutual, uh, um, you know, um, how should I say, joy with it. Uh, so please, yeah, consider doing that. Sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can sign up there for free, and you can choose to, to support uh, the Added Souls Ministry through there. I, myself, work alongside the East Coast Church of Christ. You can check out our website, eastcoastchurchofchrist.com. We also have a Facebook page. You can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Rumble, on YouTube. I think our, bi our biggest platforms are Rumble and uh, Facebook. Facebook and and uh, Rumble are our biggest platforms as as of now. Okay, so Biggie Smalls, right? The title track, Juicy. There's a lot involved with that too. That was back in the Pac and Biggie era for those of us who are the '90s hip hop golden era kids. Uh, and that was man, that was a tragic thing, right? I mean, for those of us who know the language, that was so tragic. Man, I wept when Pac got when Pac passed. Man, I wept. Man, I loved Pac. Man, it was just. His music plays a strong part of my past, and um, I just fell in love with the rhyme and the and the sound and the music, and you know, I just I wept. Not so much with Biggie, but I knew Biggie's rhymes uh, were smoother than Pac. But Pac was so real with it, you know. And we'll we'll probably do a song from Tupac in the future for sure. Uh, but uh, for now, the notorious B.I.G. Juicy. What does he have to say? Okay, well, it begins, of course, and he says, yeah, this album is dedicated. You know, there's this, like, intro, and he speaks some words, and he says, yeah, this album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing. <laughs> and I really felt that one, because that's exactly what they had told me, too, when I was in school. You're a good-for-nothing no one, and you're never going to amount to anything. <laughs> they Literally, I graduated 
the, the principal sat me down. He said, I don't want to see you here ever again. So I'm just going to give you the, your graduation as a, uh, what is it called now? I graduated with the same ticket that they give the mentally handicapped. <laughs> I was proud of it. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm handicapped. Sure. Uh, but they, uh, <laughs> they told me I'd never amount to nothing. And, uh, so when, when, when I heard the, that, that intro from Biggie, I was like, dude, he understands to all the teachers that told me I'd never amount to nothing to all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling in front of who called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Again, you, you can relate to that. I, I was hustling too. I was trying to make a buck and, you know, people calling the cops on me, people, you know, <laughs> I, I've had parents say uh, to some friends, you know, I don't want that kid in my house, you know, he's a known, <laughs> known problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, it's so sad, the things that I've done. But anyway, so yeah, that's how he opens up. And, uh, he, he, and he continues and says, uh, to all the individuals in the struggle, you know what I'm saying. It's all good, baby, baby. And then it drops. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Who are those, right? Well, I know who those are. Again, I grew up into that, uh, that uh, persuasion, that landscape. Salt and pepper, man. Heavy D, dude. Those are well-known names from my era and, and, and understanding that. In the limousine, hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, Rap Attack, Mr. Magic, Marley Marl. Again, these are all known dudes. I know who these people are. I let my tape rock till my tape popped. Then we hit my... Remember, remember the pencil? It used to be a tool with the cassettes. You know, fast forward, reverse, or to fix the the tape in there, man. Yeah, we used to play them out. I, I think I purchased, there's some tapes I'd have to purchase every six months, every three months, some of them, you know, <laughs> for sure. So uh, hanging pictures on my wall every Saturday, Rap Attack, Mr. Magic, Marley Marl. I, I let my tape rock till my tape popped, smoking weed and, and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Keep in mind, these are worldly people speaking worldly things. And in my past life, that's exactly what we used to do. I mean, I grew up in the pot industry, farming, you know, <laughs> friends, family, we all grew pot, we all smoked pot from morning to night. It was part of our lifestyle, it's what we did, it's how we rolled, it's, and we listened to this kind of music, doing it, and we're like, yeah, we under, you know, I mean, we're worldly people, doing worldly things, thinking worldly ways, speaking worldly, worldly uh, things, you know, uh, it's just what, it is what it is, so... Here he is, he's in the nostalgia of his era. He is in the pinnacle time of the hip-hop world, and he's looking back at what he grew up listening to, what he is seeing as his idols. He wants to have that, he wants to be that, and he's doing it while he's uh, he's smoking and he's drinking because, of course, you need this narcotic uh, persuasion to, to fulfill the myth, the dream inside your head. It opens up the channels to this art, and, and, and he's just he's, he's full on with it. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. He's going to the culture. He's going to what he grew up with, what he saw birth within uh, the boroughs and within the, the location and landscape of his people. And he's seeing what's going on and he wants some of that. He's got that dopamine rush with it, you know, and he's got... And he, he, when you speak of a culture being birthed and what he's seeing evolve, he the, the clothing is a, is a big part of that clothing speaks a language and it has to speak the language of this new 
hip-hop world again what we used to call rap uh, and uh he's 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 writing this very well very eloquent he and he knows how to hit that beat man he knows how to rhyme uh in, in such a timed manner i mean he was he was a genius with it for sure with the hat to match remember rapping duke the the huh again he's he, he's still in that the memory of what he's growing up to to, to have seen in and, and experienced. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far, right? I mean, look at how it's been evolved. And I remember, man, the parents back in the 90s, uh, when they started to listening to this stuff, uh, they were like, that's garbage. It's like disco. It's going to come and go. It's never going to last. And in my mind, I was thinking, you people are old. You don't get it. This is the new wave. This is what's coming. This is it. <laughs> like hip hop is uh, not going anywhere. It's, it's staying. And I know it's staying because it had something in it that was real. That was real. And ta-da! Here we are, and it's still going. Now they've messed the industry up, and they've made a filthy... <laughs> it's just, again, I can't stand these... This, 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 the, 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 what do you call that? The, uh, the modern uh, or the... Uh, uh, oh, now I can't think of the words uh, for it. But anyways, I'm still in the underground. I'm still in the streets with hip-hop. I don't like what they promote now in the mainstream. There we go, the mainstream. Okay, so he says, uh, where are we? You never thought that hip-hop would take it this far, right? You never thought that was possible. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. <laughs> See, back then, if you wanted the opportunity to have the limelight, to have the microphone, the stage, the platform, to have the contract, to have the deal, to have the fame, the riches that come with it, you actually had to be able to rhyme. I know, what a strange concept, right? <laughs> now, as long as you just say, uh, drugs, drugs, uh, women, naked women, drugs, drugs, fornication, adultery, uh, naked, naked women, adultery, fornication, drugs, 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 murder, 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 and you don't even have to rhyme it, you don't even have to be on time with the beat with it, as long as you just say it some kind of some kind of a slurred way you're done you're okay oh multi-platinum selling album oh, look at the artist oh no <laughs> no i'm sorry you'll never you'll never persuade me that that's hip-hop you'll never persuade me that that's what's supposed to be uh so anyways this was back in the day where yeah if you rhymed tight and you were good at it you could have the opportunity to have the limelight he says, time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. So you see, the influence of the religious errors that we were born and raised in give us the mindset that, hey, this is just who I am, so I'm just going to be who I am. We're born sinners, so let's just sin. Oh, and man, could I take an excursion for this one? We might keep that one for our topical Thursdays. Thursdays, we use that session for a topical discussion. We might use the whole born sinners thing and, 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 and really refute it very easily scripturally. So no, we're not born sinners. But if you were born in a family, in a location, in a neighborhood, in a community whose religious views are telling you that, yeah, you know, you can trust us. We'll tell you the truth. You were born a sin. You're a born sinner, born wicked then you have that mentality where you're like, yeah, so this is just who I am. So I'm going to just sin. So it makes sense that he would write it. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. There's no way to win. There's no way to be upright and righteous. There's no way to be good because we're just born evil and wicked 
from the very moment of conception. We're just wretched, evil little beasts, and so we're going to act upon that, right? And of course, he has his goals, his uh, uh, goals all messed up, his priorities. I mean, he's seeing uh, what he thinks is the purpose of life. Uh, which is very different than the Christian worldview, the true and faithful Christian worldview. Obviously, we can pick up on that. So he says, born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Ron G, Bruce B, Kid Capri. Man, I know these names, dude. Funkmaster Flex, Lovebug Starsky. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call the crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. And if you don't know, now you know. And uh, yeah, he's saying I, I, I was poor, but now I'm on my way to rich and uh, fame and riches. You know, riches and fame. And so he mentions the kind of food you grow up eating when you're poor. But now things are going to change, and he gives his respect to those who were before him, who gave him the path into uh, the limelight. Right, and then you have, of course, the the singing section there. You know very well who you are. Don't let them hold you down. Reach for the stars. You had a goal, but not that many, because you're the only one. I'll give you good and plenty. The industry's there for him. He can have all of it. The excess of it uh, is ready for him because he's got the talent, and it takes. It, this industry, sadly, is just a conveyor belt producing pride you have to have pride because you have to think you're the best you have to think you're better than everyone else it's 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 organic within its culture if you're a hip-hop artist you have to be ready for that d12 you have to be ready for that freestyle battle and to do so you have to be mentally uh so puffed up with pride you have to be so confident and confident and confidence is not bad by the way you, and there can be a pride that would be within the joy of confidence, but most times, sadly, it turns into an unrighteous pride, which is just a a, a haughty, puffed-up mentality with that everyone else is just, you know, uh, your slaves to, 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 to your control. But that's a lot, uh, that, you know, that's sadly a contamination within that industry. So that takes place. Then he gets back into the rhyme. I made the change from a common thief to up close and personal with Robin Leach. Again, this story about rags to riches. My clothing's changed. The food I eat has changed. I went from being broke to having a whole bunch of money. I went from being a no one to someone everyone wants to, to, to listen to and hear and praise. And it's all due respect to those before me who paved the way to give me this opportunity. You know... It's a, it, it's pretty much juicy. Is pretty much the telltale of Biggie saying, "Here's I'm blowing up. Here's here's here it is. I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna be known forever because I'm good at what I do." I made the change from a common thief to up close and personal with Robin Leach, and I'm far from cheap. I smoke skunk with my peeps all day. You know, I'm paying for the marijuana. We can all get high together here and just chill. I'm I'm not stingy. I'm not I'm not greedy with it. I'm just I'm greedy for all of us. You know, I want all of us to live lavishly. I want all of us. I want me, my peeps, my family, and my people uh, to live like I live. Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. You know, the Moet and Alize keep me. I'll use the word dizzy. 
girls used to di- girls used to diss me, right? The girls didn't want to have nothing to do with Biggie Smalls. But now, oh, now they write letters because they miss me. I never thought it could happen, this rapping stuff. I was too used to packing gats and stuff. Now, we all know in the rap world, you have hip-hop artists who are real. Like, you, there are hip-hop artists who are true and real gangsters. They're crips, they're bloods, they're whatever. They're gangsters. They murder, they steal, they're the real deal. And they just happen to have been given a microphone and be like, here, you speak about what you do. And they do. But that's a very, 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 very small percentage of the hip-hop world. Some of them are real, and I know who they are. <laughs> I've uh, met some of them. But the bi- the bigger bulk of them, is it's all an act. It's like actors, you know. Um, Brad Pitt is not really who he portrays himself to be in his movies. It's the same in the hip-hop industry. Uh, many of them may portray themselves a certain way, and they may rhyme about certain things, but that ain't who they is at all. And some of them, they get in danger for that. You want to get on a mic and speak about how hard you are and how real you are, and you'll, 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 you'll cap this one, you'll cap that one, you'll do this, you'll do that. Man, that very small percentage of the real cats in the industry, the real gangsters in there, man, they'll check you if they bump into you, man. <laughs> you better be ready. You better have your uh, your diapers on. They'll check you, man. And that's one thing, again, that saturated the hip-hop industry that angers me. Don't rap about being hard if you're not hard, man. You can rhyme about anything. It doesn't need to be about gangster stuff if you're not about that life. Stay out of it. Stay in your lane. Okay, so he's speaking, uh, and he says, uh, where was it now? Come on, I need to find it. I was too used to packing gats and stuff. I don't know if that's true of Biggie Smalls. I think his mother said, no, that's not true. It's just, again, this persona that you write about, right? He he obviously saw it in his community, no doubt about that. He himself, being an individual who was a gangster, I don't know about that. Many have said, no, he wasn't really that about that life. He was just very talented as a, as a rhyme artist, and he was able to speak about what he saw around him, right? Like many good uh, artists do. So he says, I was used to packing gats and stuff. Now honeys play me close like butter play toast from the Mississippi down to the East Coast. Condos in Queens, Indo for weeks, sold out seats to hear Biggie Smalls speak. This, again, he, he has a rhyme way of expressing his uh, uh, rags to riches story and what he is seeking in this life. And it has to do with uh, the food, the clothing, uh, the praise of men, of course, and the, the, the fame that comes with it, being able to take care of his people, his family, that's a part of it. He's doing it for them as well. Uh, so there are uh, obviously more so unrighteous things taking place, but there are some decent things taking place as well. I don't think the man was born evil as he so speaks himself to be. I think he probably had a kind heart somewheres in there, but obviously an individual who was lost with the world's ways. And he continues and says, condos in Queens, Indo for weeks, sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak, living life without fear, putting five carrots in my baby girl ear. Again, the story of riches, right? No longer need to hide out where I'm at and worried who's going to smoke me next. You know, uh, I mean, it's a dangerous field when you're out there. 
I mean, there's wolves out there. It's, 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 a, it's a war field. When you're dealing with gang activity, when you're dealing with criminal activity and drug deals and drug dealings, and man, people get smoked. That's all there is. When you get that money that you can leave that place and find yourself in a gated community with security, yeah, you sleep a bit better at night, don't you? Well, of course. Well, that's what he's striving for, and that's what he's getting. Living life without fear, putting five carrots in my baby girl ear. That's his understanding of how I take care of my children. I give them a whole bunch of money, and they have a whole bunch of nice stuff. If only they'd understand that that's absolutely nothing that's going to contribute to the well-being of the child. <laughs> the child actually needs a father in their life to be there for them. You know, we know that as Christians now, but I assure you, in my past life, I used to think the same way and do the same things. And uh, I'm just blessed that God's grace saw it fit to give me a second chance in life because I should have got smoked a great many times in my past life. I should have uh, been erased, but uh, here I am. So puffing, uh, 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 putting five carrots in my baby girl ear, lunches, brunches, interviews by the pool, considered a fool because I dropped out of high school, stereotypes of a black, a black male misunderstood, and it's still all good. And if you don't know, now you know. You know and that's, again, the rags to riches story. He's no longer on the block, having to, to, to sleep with one eye open and hustling and trying to do this and trying to do that, trying to come up. He's now made it. He's got the location. He's got everything taken care of. And then it goes back through uh, the singing part of it all. You know very well who you are. Don't let him hold you down. And in the, in the next location of the rhyme, uh, he begins again. And this is how it goes. Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. And that, that was the, the, cons the con consoles of the day, wasn't it not? Yeah, man. If you had those, you had some money, man. Uh, for those who didn't, you have to run over to a friend's house. Be like, can I have a turn, please? Don't you have one? No, we don't have one in the house. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. So it was something I couldn't fathom myself having, like being like the kids who could have this stuff. I want stuff. Why can't I have stuff? Why can you have stuff and I can't have stuff? That's not fair. I want to have stuff too. So how can I get stuff? Well, what am I good at? I don't want to go through the whole working real hard nine to five for years and years and years and years. And then, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I have talent somewhere. Okay. It's not sports. All right. It's not acting. I'm not a very good actor, but I can rhyme it very well. Okay. Well, let's go into rhyming. You know, there's kind of departments of things you can expedite your, <laughs> your riches, right? Let's do that. Let's go into the, the, the hip hop industry, Biggie, Biggie Smalls. Uh, he, he recognized that talent about himself. I can do this. I'm good at it. So here's where we're going to go. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. There was no way out of the ghetto. How am I going to get it out of the ghetto? I can't imagine I'd have that one day, but here it is. I have it now. 50 inch screen, money, green leather sofa. Got two rides, a limousine with a chauffeur. Uh, he's got it made. It's making it big. You know, you have to you have to see it through their perspective, right? We can see things through the Christian perspective. And that's not from the Christian perspective, he's thriving and building wealth on this earth that's gonna rust away and die along with his soul. We know that now. We've learned those things. But back in our past life, man, that it was like, yeah, that's what we want. I want the big screen, I want the big cars, I want the big fame, I wanna I wanna be the man, you know, I wanna have that 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 power. And uh, for some of us, you know, we had a taste of that in my past life and what I was involved with. Yeah, man, I had a crew. I had people 
who feared me and I had that money and I had that power and I had that luxury, you know, the clothes, the jewelry, the vacations, the entourage, but it came at a great cost. It came at a lot of destruction, it came out of a lot of pain and a lot of scars. See, people don't show you that side of the story, do they? <laughs> again, it's the beer commercial all over again, you know. <laughs> the beer commercial, dude opens up a beer and all kinds of beautiful women around him, life's great. No, that ain't a true picture of alcohol, man. Come on. Those of us who have been uh, uh, um, destroyed by alcohol, we know that ain't. Man, the commercials ain't real with it, right? Okay. So Biggie, he's looking at what he thinks is success in life. And he don't want to be broke anymore. He don't want to eat the food he's been meant to eat or wear the clothes because he gets mocked. He gets ridiculed. He gets pushed around. He doesn't feel like he has any part in life to anything. I need to get out of this place. I need to get out of this mess. And so what is the purpose of life? Be rich and famous, you know, provide for my family, give him a whole bunch of money. We used to think that way. 50-inch screen, money green, leather sofa. Got two rides, a limousine with a chauffeur. Phone bill about two G's flat. That's two grand. No need to worry. My accountant handles that. He's got people taking care of his stuff. You know, once you've made it there, you got people around you and your entourage. A lot of yes men, yes master, yes master, yes boss. Uh, but he's got things to take care of. He don't need to petty himself now with these bills, phone bills, man. That's taken care of for my accounts. I got my own lawyers. I got everything going on. And my whole crew was lounging. We're just chilling, man. We, we, we've made it. We're relaxing now. We're no longer on the block. No longer having to sleep when I open and holding that heat, man. It's not on safety, bro. <laughs> no, now we've got it made. My whole crew was lounging. Celebrate every day. No more public housing. Thinking back on my one-room shack. Now my mom pimps an AC with minks on her back. Things have changed. We're no longer the, uh, we're no longer down and out and broke. You know, we're someone now. And we got the luxuries of this fame, the, these riches. We have the privileges and luxuries. Who would have thought we could have ever had that? But my talent to rhyme, here we are. We have these things and he speaks about taking care of his daughter. He speaks about taking care of his peeps, his people. He speaks about talking, uh, taking care of his mother. My mom pips an AC with minks on her back, and she loves to show me off, of course. So mother is love, right? She smiles every time my face is up in the source. I mean, let me tell you something. I had the first issue of the source. <laughs> the source was it, man. It was the magazine. Oh, and I know about the whole Benzino thing. I know, again, we if you're a hip-hop head, we can talk. I know hip-hop. Is up in the source we used to fuss when the landlord dissed us, can't pay the rent. We all know what that feels like. Man, I know what that feels like. Man, that, ain't, that don't feel good at all when the landlord's like, you better smarten up. Don't make me smack you. You've been missing your rent. You feel like a, just a, a useless individual. And hey, that's what they were telling me I was going to be anyways at school. You're never going to amount to anything, right? Ah, my parents didn't do that. My mom was always like, Stefan, you can do what you, 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 you've got a mind. You, you can, you're very intelligent. You can do this. You can do that. A mama's love. So where does he go? He goes to his mama's love. My mom, man, she just, you know, she loves to show me off. Smiles every time my face is up in the sword. This is my son. Look, he's made it. He's made it big. Look at my son. He's achieved something in life. You know, he's not just going to be another statistic in the streets. He's made it. He's made it big. 
<laughs> we can understand a mother's love that way. We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us. That causes fights in the family, can it? Can't pay the rent, can't pay the mortgage, can't pay the heat, can't pay this. You're going to fight. Someone has to pay the bills. How are we going to pay the bills? And there ain't no work. Ain't no one hiring. So we used to fuss when the landlord dissed us. No heat. Wonder why Christmas missed us. Man, that's a harsh, that's a harsh poverty, man. You know? Ain't no heat in the house. Gotta hurdle up as the family. Ain't no Christmas time, man. Ain't no Christmas time. Our parents used to get an orange for Christmas. That was the blessing. <laughs> now we buy our kids thousands of dollars worth of toys. We take it for granted. So Biggie grew up in that kind of an element. He's made it big. He recognizes that. He rhymes it. And he rhymes it very well. We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us. No heat. I wonder why Christmas missed us. Birthdays was the worst days. Now we sip champagne when we thirsty. Things have changed. Birthdays was the worst days because we can't celebrate anything. We ain't got no birthday cake. We ain't got no... It, again, it's the rags to riches story, right? And who he's taking care of and what his priorities are. Now we sip champagne when we thirsty. We're, we're thirsty now. We can drink champagne. Of course, that's what the world would consider a socio-achievement uh, and measurement. If you're sipping on champagne, you're, you're, you're a successful person in life, right? And you're right, he says. I like the life I live because I went from negative to positive, and it's all good. And if you don't know, now you know. And into the singing part takes place. You know who very well, who you are. And that, and that continues for, for the end of uh, the song. And there you go. That is Juicy from Biggie Smalls. And we can talk about his life. We can talk about his bio. We can talk about everything like that. I can, I'm, I'm well versed into that. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of go through the lyrics with you from both the perspective that he was living at the time, which is a worldly vision, obviously. But for those of us who were in the world, we, we understand that we understand the language. We used to be there. From the Christian perspective, of course, if we're looking at it through the Christian lens, um, yeah, it's a destructive path. There's nothing wrong in wanting to achieve something more in life than poverty. <laughs> I encourage everyone, you know, you don't need to live in poverty if you are found in a country with freedom that allows you the opportunity to build yourself up if you are a hard worker. You know, work hard, think right, do right. The less sin you have in your life, I assure you, the better opportunities you will have to strive and build wealth. And you can build wealth without being greedy. You can, you can utilize money without having love of money. And that's where the world gets, it's all messed up, right? They love money, so they'll do what they need to do to get rid of you to get to their love of money. But there's nothing wrong with making money at all. I see money literally as paper. It's a tool. You use a wrench. You use a hammer. You use these tools at our disposal in order to fix or build. Money is paper. Paper is but a tool. It's a tool to be utilized either for good things or for bad things. For us Christians, the more money we make, the more we put it into the gospel. And God's blessed us for it. He allows us to have food, shelter, and clothing. What am I going to do with it? I don't want a billion. What am I going to do with a billion dollars? I'm going to put a billion dollars in the gospel, of course. I mean, what is, we know as Christians we have to depart this earth. What am I going to do? Accumulate billions and billions and billions of dollars for what? For for 
for pride, for uh, for for bragging rights. We all got to go and we all got to leave. It's a tool. It's paper. You use it to buy stuff. You use it for the gospel. So from the Christian perspective, of course, for us, it's not we want to make it rich and famous. Oh, I'll take the riches. I'll just put it into the gospel. I want to do as much good with the gospel as I can while I live because it's a, this life is a vapor. So we can see through these lyrics uh, that Biggie, all respect and honor to his talent, uh, he had the wrong vision. And sadly, he was in an in industry that got him killed. That's sad. But that doesn't take away his talent. He made some, some tracks, man, I'm telling you. Uh, oof. Some of them I can't listen to anymore, obviously. Too many memories for me. Uh, and uh, various other reasons, obviously, as a Christian. You know, there's things that you have to put boundaries in your mind for. Uh, matters of conscience to each his own, certainly. But there are things you don't want to listen to anymore because, well... They speak about things that, you know, is not right. And this one here was quite mild. That's why I picked it. It was one of his hit songs. And the beat, man, the beat is just... Oh, man, that when I heard that beat, I was like, dude, that, that's it. Puffy had it right with it. And so he speaks about this, this rags to riches. But obviously, it's not a Christian worldview. It's a... Uh, it was... His worldview was birthed from a denominational worldview which is, of course, what great many denominational doctrines teach, which is that you're born in sin. And if, you, if you're if you born in thinking that's right, that that's what it is, you're going you're gonna to act out that way. It's like teaching a kid he's an animal. He's going to grow up acting like an animal. Welcome to the new era. We all think we're animals. But if Biggie was taught that he was a sinner at birth and that that's just his sinful nature, it's just who he is, can't help it, you're obviously going to embrace that theology you're going to embrace that worldview and life becomes a matter of just accumulating wealth and fame and buying stuff and throwing money at people it has no substance it has no purpose in true spiritual matters does it so his rhyme is real it's true it is the way we thought as christians in our past life my past life anyways I mean, we used to do all that kind of crazy stuff. You know, I have um, six keys here, 10 keys there, five, 10 grand in my pocket at all times. You know, it, you, st you stash stuff everywhere. So you, you make everyone work for you. It, it, to, for what? One day you, you're dead or in jail for life or whatever. You lose everything and you die and you can't be with God and his love in you? I mean, no, nah, man. I just started thinking for myself, you know, and started to read the Bible for myself. I didn't want to hear from anyone who just wanted to read the Bible and started to figure things out. Anyways, that's another discussion. But from the Christian worldview, the pursuit of life is no longer these things in which our friend Biggie Smalls wrote about and was so eloquent with his rhyme. I mean, the guy's just, again, he's a rhyming genius. And if you're in the hip-hop world, his name comes up as your top five top 10 at the very least, because he, he was very good at what he did, at what he done rhyming. He was very good at it. We might do a Pac one next time. We'll do a Tupac one, right? 
obviously we, we should. It kind of seems to go together that way. I appreciate all of you a great deal. You are loved. You are appreciated. If you have any concerns or questions, by all means, you can reach out to me and let them be known. I would appreciate if you subscribe, if you follow, if you like, if you leave a comment, if you share the link far and wide. And please, we run off of your good uh, uh, compassion and willingness to support the Added Souls ministry. You can do so by signing up to addedsouls.locals.com and you can support us there monthly. You can also send us a PayPal donation, addedsouls at gmail.com. You can send us something in the mail. If you reach out to me, we can have a conversation. I will give you a physical address. Everything's transparent. Everything's open. We, uh, and you are more than and uh, welcomed. Uh, we'd be honored to have you partake in the good work we're involved with. I minister alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. You can reach out to us. You can check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, uh, all that kind of good stuff. That okay? That good? If you have any suggestions for our Tuesday sessions, which is, of course, analyzing the lyric, if you have a song you'd like for us to look at, I apologize if there's some of them that I've not been able to produce yet. Uh, by all means, reach out. Let me know if there's a song you'd like for me to do. I'll put it in the queue, and uh, we'll have it up uh, uh, as soon as possible. That okay? Stay focused. Stay positive. Till next time. Peace out.